You're listening to All Things Photo. This episode is sponsored in part by Breakthrough Photography. So if you're in the market for an incredible filter, head on over to eldridgephoto.com, find our sponsors page, and click the link to Breakthrough Photography. In this episode, I talk about the Nikon Z6 II. Well, howdy, folks, and welcome to episode four. In this episode, I'm going to talk about the Nikon Z6 II. I was finally able to get my hands on one, and yeah, I had previously talked about maybe getting the Canon R6, and you have no idea how close I was to getting that Canon R6, and I don't think I would have been disappointed at all. But as it happens, the Nikon Z6 II came in stock, I was able to get my hands on it as well as the F to Z adapter and the 24-70 F4 kit lens, although it is an S lens according to Nikon, but we're going to talk about that a little bit later. I want to give you my first impressions with the camera. I've had a chance to use it in several different environments, some of which are the Everglades, some were shooting hockey, some were just around the house messing with it. And I thought I would take the time to let you know what I think. If you want to read all about the stats, you can go read all about the stats at BNH or Nikon USA or wherever. Or if you go look on YouTube, you can hear about how terrible this camera is compared to everything else. I am going to have a slightly different viewpoint than that. Although some of those ideas I do share and I'll cover those as we get to them. So it is a mirrorless camera. If you don't know what a Nikon Z6 II is, it's their second generation mirrorless camera. And I think it's more of a prosumer kind of camera. It's, it's around the $2,000 price point, which is a nice price point. It means you're getting a decent camera. It's not top of the line. So if you buy a Nikon Z6 II and you expect top of the line performance, then you're going to be disappointed only because you're not paying that price And some of the features, maybe they could be better in the higher priced cameras. But again, that's not what you're buying. You're buying the Z6 II, which is, I would say, less than the Z7 II. Uh, The megapixels are, are smaller, about half the size. Well, actually, less than half the size, but you get the idea. And it doesn't have as many focus points as the Z7 II, and I'm sure the Z9 and the Z8, if that ever comes out, I'm sure those will be fantastic cameras that will put these to shame as far as autofocus and all that stuff goes. But now that we've got the groundwork out of the way, you understand the Nikon Z6 II is a prosumer camera, the $2,000 mark. We're not talking $3,000 for the Nikon Z7 II or $3,500 for... The A7R4, although I think it might be closer to 3000 now. And we're definitely not talking about the Canon R5, which is $3,800, or even the Canon R6, which is $2,500. So, again, it is mirrorless. means there's no mirror that goes up and down. There's some benefits to that. Uh, I happen to like the EVFs. Some people don't. I happen to love them. Being able to see what the camera or what the the photograph is going to look like in the end, that is extremely important and just speeds up the workflow a tremendous amount. So the Nikon ergonomics are as you would expect. There's a place for your pinky if you have big hands. 
I also picked up the Really Right Stuff L bracket, which does extend it even a little bit further at the bottom, which is really nice. But one of the issues that I had with a Sony a7R IV is that my middle finger would rub up against the lens and it would wear a blister on my finger almost every single time that I used the camera, unless it was on a tripod, of course. But the Z6 II doesn't have that problem. It has classic Nikon ergonomics. The buttons are, are familiar to me. They are where they're supposed to be. They're all within easy reach of my hands. My hands are big. If your hands are small, I would say that those buttons are going to be just fine. I wouldn't mind them being a little bit more spread out, but again, big hands, I think it feels like every other Nikon I've ever picked up. I think it's fantastic. So these buttons on the camera, you can customize however you want. They are somewhat limited when you go to start customizing. You may not have all of the options that you want, but you've got a lot. You can set up your autofocus points. You can set up the tracking so it will automatically track if you want. You can set up a play button. You can have, have them remove all of the information from your screen when you're looking at it. There's all kinds of things you can set this camera up to do for you. Yes, the others have these customizations as well, but I happen to like the way that Nikon's done it. And I, I had an a7R4. I don't see any real big difference between the two. I don't think Nikon's better at this customization than Sony, but it is adequate. It does exactly what I need it to do. The lenses have buttons as well that you can program. And one thing that I did like that I noticed is that you can program these buttons to say you've got a, a personal menu. You can set up items in your personal menu. Or you can tell one of these buttons to whatever the top item is in my personal menu, that's what I want you to go to. So if it's something that is not actively available on that button, you may be able to go into your menu, sign it up as a personal point, your very top one, and then go back and reprogram that button so that you can get whatever it is that you want out of the camera. So the image quality is what you would expect from an icon. It is what I would consider best in class. The ISO performance is insane. I had a Nikon D4 at one point, and I would consider usable prints to 5,000 to 6,400 ISO. And even at that point, I'm having to add quite a bit of noise reduction. And they were adequate. The Z6 II, on the other hand, I am getting as good or better results at 12,800 ISO than I did with the D4. So the D4 was a $6,500 camera back in the day when, when I first bought it. And I am now getting better images out of the Nikon Z6 II than I was that Nikon D4. And that was thrilling, especially when you're shooting your kids hockey and you have to have somewhere around 10,000 ISO, depending on the situation. We have a very dark rink, so I need that 10,000 ISO. If I were at a professional rink, I'd probably only need 3,600. But 10,000 ISO, I can take those. I can do a little image manipulation on it, do a little bit of noise reduction, and it comes out as clean as a whistle. Again, the image quality is stellar. So I also did some shooting in the Everglades National Park. It was a nice, uh, partly cloudy day, which is kind of what you want out there. It was hot. It was muggy. It was yucky. That's, of course, that's generally the Everglades. That's how they roll. But anyway, the camera handled all of that just fine. When I got back home, the images that the camera produced out of the camera were absolutely stunning. It's something that I missed. It's what I missed when I went to Sony. And I didn't get that from Sony. Now, of course, I could manipulate those images to get what I was looking for in the Sony. But with the Nikon, there's a whole lot less of that. And I think the dynamic range for the Sony 
was better, but it's, again, it was a 61 megapixel camera at the time at $3,500 price point. Yes, that dynamic range is going to be better. However, with a Nikon file, I can pull a lot more out of the shadows than I could with a Sony. So take that for however you want. The autofocus, which is what everybody wants to know about with this Nikon Z6 II or the Z7 II. Autofocus system is the same. There are more points in the Z7 II. So, and I haven't used one, so I can't really give any information on that. However, the Z6 II in a landscape situation, spot on. No question about it. Using the single point or dynamic focus, it works flawless. You can use the little touchpad on the back so you can pick your points. You can do all that kind of stuff. Move your joystick around to get what you need. And it is tack sharp. It is exactly what you would expect from a single point. The tracking autofocus, I did some of it with eye autofocus. And it is not as snappy as the A7R4. But, there's a big but here. It is more than sufficient for any portrait work that you can think to do. Sitting in my house where the lighting is dark, it managed to pick up my wife, my son, my dog. It managed to get all of those just fine. It held the shot even at 51,000 ISO, and it grabbed the eye, and it did its job. So I, I'm not sure what more people want. I know they want it faster tracking so that if somebody's running, if you're doing sports soccer, I suppose, or track and field, and someone's running by, they want that eye autofocus to work while they're running by. I don't think Nikon is there yet, but they are improving. I, and I was using firmware 1.20, which is a incremental upgrade. And they did upgrade the autofocus as well as how quick that little box moves around. So it kind of sticks to the subject a little better. I also used the subject tracking and I have that programmed into a button so I can hit a button if I'm in one of the autofocus modes and it gives me the little box. I put the little box on somebody, hold the button, hold the focus button down, and it sticks to them. And it does a very good job at this. Now, of course, if things move in and out of the frame in front of or behind, there are settings that you can change to allow the camera to delay longer or to delay less. And what's really cool about that is depending on the situation, you can change how your autofocus works. So for me, shooting hockey, I want single point and I want it as fast as I can because hockey is so fluid and moving and there's so many people in front and behind that if I tried to get it to stick to one person, even if I did a major delay, it would stick to that person, but then it wouldn't move fast enough to and from to keep them in focus. So for hockey, I do use that single point and I do quicken it so that it's instantaneous. And I had absolutely zero issue with kids skating around on the ice and getting nice, incredibly sharp photos. And I was using the Nikon 70 to 200 to 8, which I was also able to, to purchase. I should do a, an entire episode probably on that lens because it is well worth the money. And one of the main reasons why I went back to Nikon because their lenses rock. All right, so bottom line, is the autofocus as good as the a7R4? No, it is not. The single point is easily as good. The dynamic would be easily as good. The eye autofocus, not as good, but by no means is it slouchy. It does an incredible job for what it does. And if you're just shooting portraits or weddings or friends or whatever, or events or anything like that, you're going to be just fine with that autofocus. And the fact that you can take the large AF, the little red box, and move it around to change where it's looking for a face, 
For wedding photographers, this would be a very good thing. So you can keep that box on the bride and it will look for a face and an eye in that red box and it will ignore everyone else. And this is very good. I know that the others don't have that. And so it will just generally go for the face closest to you, the eye closest to you. I'm guessing that in the future that they will, but right now I think Nikon might be the only one that has that. If I'm wrong, please send me an email or leave comments and let me know how wrong I am and all of that kind of stuff. That would be hilariously awesome. All right, the last thing I want to talk about is the shutter speed for the Nikon Z6 II. It is respectable. It is 10 frames a second as it is at 14-bit RAW, and that is using single point. Everything I'm talking about right now is single point because that's typically how I shoot fast-moving subjects or hockey or wildlife or birds or whatever. I'm going to be on that single point, although the birds I may change up a little bit. I can't wait to do birds, actually, because of that frame rate and because it will do a decent job, I know, of sticking to the bird in the frame. Now, I won't get necessarily the 10 frames, 12 frames, or 14 frames, but I'll get a respectable amount. So you can get 12 frames a second if... You put it in H plus mode, but what it does is it shows you the very last image that you took, so you're not seeing the subject in real time. This is not nearly as distracting as it sounds. It is kind of weird to see it chop through when you're taking those photos, but it's something that you can do, and it just takes a little bit of practice, and you're fine. Now, you can get 14 frames a second, but to do that, you have to be in the single-point autofocus, and you have to change it from 14-bit to 12-bit RAW. That's not a deal breaker. A lot of times, if you're shooting hockey or shooting sports, you don't need that bit depth. But for me, I think the 12 frames a second and single point is fine. If you start doing that auto tracking, it's going to go down a little bit from there. It could go to 10. could even go lower, I guess, if it's having to do a lot of tracking. But again, that single point is as good or better than the Nikon D850 that I had. Uh, I would say it's as good, yeah, it it's as good as the Nikon D4 I had, which is incredibly respectable, especially for a $2,000 camera. So again, I've rambled on for quite some time about the Nikon Z6 II. I could probably talk another 20 minutes about this camera. If you are watching a lot of YouTube or listening to a lot of podcasts besides this one, you're going to hear a whole lot of negativity toward Nikon. And Rightfully so, in some instances, they deserve it because they're not exactly, what's the word? They're not setting the world, the camera world on fire right now. They're kind of holed up like a turtle. You're not hearing very much from them. The marketing department is not doing a very good job of telling us what they're doing. So there's a lot of negative sides to Nikon right now. But we shouldn't look at the cameras as negative. The Nikon Z6 II is an incredible camera. And anybody that picks it up is going to be able to go out and get professional quality images as long as they know what they're doing. And that is true for any camera, even the $6,500 Sony Alpha 1. If you give it to somebody that doesn't know what they're doing, they're going to get terrible shots. If you get to give it to somebody that knows what they're doing, they're going to get great shots. This is true for the Nikon Z6 II. If you're on the fence about it, don't be. It's a great camera. All right, folks. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this. And if you've made it this far, congratulations. I didn't think it was going to be a 20 minute episode, but we're pretty close to that now. What I want to do is I want to hear from you. I want to hear what you've been shooting. What do you shoot with? 
What are you looking forward to in 2021 and 2022? Do you have any big plans to go somewhere? I want to hear about all of that because I am making plans to go somewhere next year as well. I would love to go to Utah and Monument Valley. I've never been out there, but it's somewhere I've always wanted to go. So what are your plans for 2021 and 2022? Are you going to brush COVID away and get back to creating? What are you going to do? All right. So in the meantime, get off your couch, get your camera, escape, explore, and create. <laughs>